Hello world, I'm Jared Cunningham. This is the Freelance Forum Autumn 2021 podcast series. Over the years, the Freelance Forum has been made possible by support from the National Union of Journalists and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. This is episode 30. I'm talking about Budget 2022 with Sinead Ryan. Sinead, uh, to start with, uh, could you just give us maybe a brief overview of what was in the budget, what the main highlights were? be uh, for self-employed people, which most freelancers would be? I will, Jared, uh, and good afternoon to everybody. Um, well, this was a kind of a budget of, of very little uh, in terms of seismic shifts. So little movements here and there, nothing to frighten the horses, but also nothing to write home about um, to a large extent for self-employed people. Uh, in terms of tax, because that's the big one that you know that everybody worries about, income tax and VAT and all of that, no changes here at all really. Uh, I mean, we're all going to be paying tax at either 20% or 40%. There was no change to PRSI rates. There was a small change to the universal social charge in band two. Uh, so that was up uh, 680 euros was up a little bit uh, not not too much uh, and then the tax bans were were increased by 1500 now this is important because what this means is that you get to pay more of your income at 20% than at 40%. Uh, so for now, single individuals from next year will be able to earn up to 36,800 euros and pay tax at the lower rate on that. Uh, so that's an increase. And there's a consequence increase then for, for couples as well. There's also an increase of 50 euros, which uh, we'll get to spend in one shop uh, on the personal tax credit which everybody's entitled to. Uh, now the good news is for self-employed people and it really happened last year that the bans are beginning to merge now so we are no longer discriminated against uh, as we used to be uh, with regard to tax uh, so they are they are being streamlined. For those on minimum wage uh, it goes up by 30 cents to 10.50 an hour. Uh, so in terms of other tax, the capital gains tax remaining the same, capital acquisition tax, that's inheritance tax, that's the same, corporation tax, that's the same, except for, of course, the 15% new rate um, for companies with a turnover exceeding 750 million euros. So I'm not sure there'll be too many freelance journalists hit by that one, uh, to be honest with you. I know it's a personal uh, hobby of yours, uh, an area you specialise. Have there been any major impacts on pension planning and the like from the budget this year? Uh, no changes at all. Uh, so um, that's good news and bad news <laughs> because, uh, well, it's good news. There's no levies or, or extra charges being being. Uh, piled on. Uh, the bad news is, of course, that automatic enrolment still has not been enacted. And this is where people in, uh, joining a company will have an amount of their salary deducted automatically at source to put into a universal pension plan. That's been kicked out again, uh, which is a great shame. Now, the fact remains, Jared, for freelancers, for people who are self-employed, none of that is of any uh, import to them because they have to provide their own pension entirely. Uh, so I would encourage people uh, certainly to cut down on their tax bill uh, to, to do that and make a pension contribution where they possibly can. But there's no new legislation in that area. Uh, what about people who are still on, uh, for example, would have been receiving COVID payments or on uh, social welfare payments because their income has been affected? Anything there? Yes. Well, uh, social benefits or social welfare 
welfare all went up by about a fiver a week. So there are the pensioners, people on unemployment uh, benefits and and consequently the rest of people carers and people like that uh, for self-employed recipients of the pop uh, those payments will be maintained until next february now that said um, that's a budgetary measure it, it is probably open to to change i would think especially as kind of the ongoing restrictions pertain to the entertainment industry for for instance uh, but we're saying february 2022 so anybody on the pop will continue to get the pop the living alone allowance was increased by three euros per week and there were some additions to child supplement and christmas bonuses and the fuel allowance um, and all of that uh, now Social welfare benefits, the really important news came last year because it means now that self-employed people for the first time can start applying for some of the benefits that heretofore were only enjoyed by employed people on PRSI with their employer's PRSI. So unemployment assistance, disability payments and all of that can now be accessed by self-employed people as long as they have the right number of contributions. And actually, I just say it can be a very good idea for all self-employed people to contact revenue or contact the Department of Social protection it's mywelfare.ie and ask them how many contributions you have they used to be called stamps in the old days so ask them how many you have and what that entitles you to because there are different levels of it for each level of benefit and you might find that you do qualify or in fact that you don't just yet and i'd include pensions in that because we all want to make sure we get whatever state pension might be there for us at the age of 67 or 68 or later when we retire uh, and it can be good to have that advanced knowledge and, and they'll give it to you it'll take them a little bit of while to do it but you'll get a letter back indicating all of your contributions over the years are there any hidden gems in, in the budget anything that was sort of went under the radar but might be worth looking at for people uh, not really. I mean, the budget is so well flagged in advance at this stage that there are very few surprises. However, uh, any, anybody who's thinking of leave, leaving freelance journalism, they could do worse than set up a digital gaming business or start making cider. Uh, both of those qualified for 50% tax relief that wasn't here before. So there's some new uh, market opportunities uh, for people. I, I think the only other one that was of interest, and I think it's very important, are uh, youth, the youth travel card. So this is for people up to the age of 23. They'll get a 50% discount uh, across the transport network. And with transport costing so much these days, I think that's very welcome. Uh, and of course, we saw um, uh, small investments in things like free contraception for women up to the age of 25 uh, and an increase in the SUSE grant. That's the maintenance grant for low-income earners who live more than 45 kilometers from their college. Now that's been reduced to 30 kilometers and an extra 200 euro added. So for any journalists out there who have maybe adult or, or children who are going to college uh, for the first time, that would be very, very useful. Most self-employed freelance journalists would be just that, just self-employed uh, sole traders. They wouldn't be incorporated as a company or, or anything like that. But I mean, I know there are a few situations where you have people sort of running cooperatives together resources and that well apart from the 15 percent corporate tax rate which got a lot of reporting and attention would there be anything in there for for anyone who's in that situation uh, i can't there's nothing specific in there uh, for people who run uh, businesses differently so corporation tax because there was such a big 
hoo-ha about that because obviously it's been 12.5% and the government was on in, under intense pressure to come to this global corporate tax rate. That has really eaten up all of the resources in the department. So they didn't, on this occasion, make a lot of changes elsewhere. Now, we do have the finance bill coming up that will be ready in the next couple of weeks, and that is often used as a tweak because all the lobby groups after the budget start jumping up and down over what didn't happen and the anomalies and the outliers and sometimes the finance bill can tweak that. I'm not expecting any large announcements to be perfectly honest in that. Uh, in terms of companies operating uh, in that way or as, as kind of partnerships if you like, um, nothing that, that would indicate that that would be a good thing or a bad thing to do. It's really down to people's personal uh, situation and uh, and indeed what advice they get from, from their accountant. Yes, well, one other thing that occurred to me was uh, a lot of people at the start of the pandemic got an allowance for working from home. Will there be any continuations on that? And if you're a freelancer who works from home, is there any way that you could avail of that in any way at all? Um, now, so this is a very interesting thing about the working from home allowance because um, it's, it's called the, the, the working from home utility relief. Uh, so up to now, it has been 10% uh, of your uh, energy bills, that's your gas and electricity, 30% to your broadband. They're now extending that to 30% of all your utility bills across the board. So this is super. And this is particularly helpful for freelancers who work from home uh, to be able to claim it. Now, I would give you two caveats about that. First of all, the onus is on you to claim it. So nobody's going to do this for you. Um, there was a survey done recently which showed that only one in 10 people who were entitled to claim this last year did so. Um, look, it's not much. Um, it's estimated it'll probably be about three, four hundred euros. But I mean, that's cheaper than writing copy to cover that cost. So you might as well claim it back. Uh, you do have to fill out a form 12, of course, but you'll be doing that anyway. Uh, and you, while you don't have to submit your bills, your energy bills, you must keep them uh, for revenue purposes in the same way that you would keep all your other ones. I would encourage anybody to claim that. Now, at the moment, we're doing 2020 tax returns. So the budget measures apply to 2021. So it'll be next year where you'll be piling all that in. 30%, it's no uh, nothing to be sneezed at. But remember, if there's two of you working from home as a couple, you can only claim half that amount each. So you can't claim it on the double. Would it be worth one person claiming the entire and the other not, uh, depending on where both of you fall on tax rates and marginal rates? Um, yeah, well, be, because it's standard. So yes, well, I mean, you could technically claim it if you're at the higher rate, it would be um, more beneficial to do so. So if it's the case that, you know, only one person is maybe part-time or, or working at a lower level than the other, uh, you can do it whichever way you want. You just can't claim more than 30% of the total household bills in that regard. Uh, and that said, I mean, look, it is a handy little relief to have um, revenue has always had a relief for self-employed people uh, in who are working from home. So it, the new relief applied to all the previously employed people who were stuck at home and not allowed into the office. Um, so it's not that it's that new relief for the rest of us, for the self-employed people, but it has been increased. So absolutely uh, go for it. Uh, certainly with the amount of increases that are coming and due to come in terms of, of oil prices and therefore electricity prices, it, it really should be, um, it should be claimed. Okay. Uh, are there any other things that uh, strike out just in general on the budget? Yeah. Um, well, the only VAT rate um, that was mentioned 
was the hospitality sector is currently enjoying a 9% reduced VAT rate. That is being retained until next autumn. So if you fancy a meal out or a night away in a hotel, you'll probably continue to do that for a little bit cheaper. Um, BRT, now in terms of cars, of course, we all now, most of us dr driving to do interviews and, and to work will need a car. There has been a hike both in carbon taxes, which was due, uh, which you'll see now reflected because the petrol has gone well over 160 a litre, so, so no surprise there. Um, however, um, there is a, a change to the VRT. So for anybody who was thinking up to now of importing a car, say to the UK or the North of Ireland, really forget it. There are zero incentives to doing that at the moment. We have new NOx taxes, VRT is going up, Diesel cars are going to be banned from sale from 2030, and they're going to be banned from the roads, indeed, with petrol cars from 2045. Um, so it probably is the time to look at electric. And electric um, cars, there, there is a VRT uh, tax relief of €5,000. It's on a gradiated scale. Uh, and that is still being made available for the next two years. So if you have the money and you're thinking of changing a car, there is still an incentive to go get an electric car. The minimum wage has gone up. Did you say that to ten fifty? Yes, yeah, it goes up. It goes up every year, really, and um, oh, that's just kind of a, a known announcement. So no surprise there. Uh, what is interesting is that it puts us uh, at the highest, uh, second highest uh, minimum wage in Europe, ten fifty an hour. Yeah, yeah, that'll be from from January. All right, Sinead Wren, thanks for joining me. All righty, thanks, a million. Bye bye. This has been the Freelance Forum podcast with Jared Cunningham. The forum is brought to you by the Dublin Freelance Branch of the National Union of Journalists and made possible by network funding from the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland Sector Learning and Development Programme. Music from podsummit.com is released under a Creative Commons Zero license into the public domain. And stay tuned for the second half of the podcast, where I will be talking about writing for RTE and other broadcasters with television producer and writer Martin Devaney, who's, uh, among other things, the author of the book uh, RTE Writer's Guide and an independent producer. Martin, I suppose, to start off, could you just talk a little bit about the book I mentioned? I know it's uh, it's been some time now since you wrote it, but what it was that prompted you and... Okay, well, the book, The RTE Writer's Guide, that was something that I was approached to by RTE because I used to do an awful lot of work for them. I still do work for them at the moment, but I used to do a lot of writing for them. And what was happening was that an awful lot of writers would submit um, material to the station, which was never, ever going to get broadcast. And the reason for that is, is that, that they didn't know where to send it to it. They didn't know the formats. Um, and they were sending stuff that was completely inappropriate. Like the, the reality is that uh, a short story, for example, um, uh, the, every year, the, for example, the RT produced this uh, short story competition called the Francis McManus Awards. Um, and every year they get thousands of entries. Um, now, the thing about the Francis McManus Awards, it's a short story competition, but it's specific for audio. Uh, and a lot of writers would send in stuff that would be completely inappropriate. Um, for, for example, you could be driving along in the car and uh, you're quite happy to listen to a short story, but maybe the content would be such that the, 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 your grandmother or the, the nun in the back seat wouldn't be, uh, you know, appreciate something that's explicit. So, so one of the things which um, I, used to, I said in the book was, was, was that you have to be a lot more subtle. So there's, you see, you can say anything you like, 
um, on in the Francis Manus Awards, but you just have to take a different slant towards it. So a lot of those writers will be sending in stuff for that, um, but and the stories will be excellent, but they'll be wasting their time if they had stuff which just really um, would say, would, which would tell the readers uh, who would be grading these stories, um, this person doesn't know how to write for audio. Um, and it doesn't know how to write for broadcast. And so it would never reach the, the, the final judges. So, so I did that. That book was uh, went out very well. It was a bestseller at the time. Um, uh, and since then, I've been doing other work uh, for different agencies and RT and a few other entities. Um, and some of the lessons from the RT Writer's Guide are still valid. Um, there's there's some, some of the competitions, competitions are still running. Um, uh, and since then, I know a lot of broadcasters, and I, I know how they got into broadcasting. And um, I guess, I guess, it's 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 it's. Uh, I, I I guess it, I can see that that uh, I said some of the lessons from the Archie book, even though it was twenty years ago, what it was, it's are still valid today. Right. So anyway, here we are, and. Um, I think we're talking about uh, breaking into broadcasting. I think that's where we're at this, uh, today. So um, I was just thinking about this uh, before we came on. What we might discuss is how to break into broadcasting um, as a journalist. Now, because uh, I think as a as a journalist, was you don't actually um, you shouldn't restrict yourself to maybe uh, a, a, a television channel or sorry a news program. So you should probably widen your sphere and your interest to, to broadcasting. So when you open that up, you're, you're not restricting restricting yourself, excuse me, to a, a news a news show. You're restricting yourself. You're you're widening the possibilities at work. So I think that's extremely useful. So um, uh, I was thinking. I was thinking about this. That that just say. Uh, someone has just done their leaving search. Let's go way back so to somebody in their in, so somebody in their career. They they just done their leaving search. They want to get into broadcasting. So what they can do is they can um, they can apply to go to the, one of the many excellent you know journalism schools. Um, they can go get the communications degree. Um, they can do all of those things. And those particular courses they should all offer similar sort of things they should teach you the language um, the jargon of journalism they should teach you um, how your kit works they should teach you and which is very very important they should teach you all about the the legal matters that um, that are involved uh, in any kind of broadcast like the last thing you want is to, is to do is to write something which appears on air and then get so, so, sued for it. You, know, you don't want to be the, the journalist that brings down station. Um, so, 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 so that's one pathway uh, is just go to a journalism school. However, if you look at it, an awful lot of broadcasters, um, they didn't do that. Um, someone like Pat Kenny, who's uh, news talk at the moment, he's got a, a degree in chemical engineering. Um, I think Ryan Tuberty, he's got a BA in history and Greek uh, and Roman civilization, as far as I'm aware. Um, I know other broadcasters in RTE, and they have, uh, they're all former teachers. They've got their H-dips in teaching. Um, I know one broadcaster who's a regular slot there on RTE, and he's got no formal qualifications at all. Um, he, he, what, he, what he did for years was work in the bank. 
so, so what that tells us is that an awful lot of people who break into broadcasting, they um, um, they get other experience. They get they do other courses. They do other things. They get a life experience that isn't necessarily um, uh, pure journalism as such. Um, there's, and there are people who who marry both those uh, life experiences and courses together. I think Lucy Kennedy, for example, as far as now, I, I had to look this up. I, she actually um, worked as far as somewhere as a flight attendant for CityJet. And then she did a course in uh, TV presenting and television production. So, so, uh, so, so I think what that tells is that um, is that any qualification that you get is useful. I think any qualification that you get makes you uh, probably more confident. It makes you more able to to uh, to be fall in line for jobs that particularly um, that makes suit your qualification. I, I, I'm thinking that, um, for example, uh, Derwin Bannon, he comes to mind. He, um, so he, he's, he, he's one of the presenters of Room to Improve. He's the presenter of Room to Improve. And his background is in architecture. So it, it would seem to me that, that whenever um, they were looking for a presenter for that, and I don't know this for sure, but they probably looked at his, uh, his qualifications as an architect first before they looked at his experience in broadcasting. I could be wrong, but I, but I think that um, uh, it's important that that um, uh, that people are aware. I think it's what people are aware that any qualification you get can serve you in the long term. So so let's just say um, you have your uh, experience. So in a particular degree, you might get a particular degree, and you say, right, I'm going to get into broadcasting. I want to keep at it. I, um, I want to get my name um, out there. I suppose the next thing you need to do is, is you need to look at um, uh, that, um, getting a bit of experience. Um, and I would always say to people, if you want experience, go to perhaps uh, the local radio station. There's the, the, the local radio stations are they're f- 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 fantastic. They... Um, they, uh, they, off, they have very good kids. They have a passionate amount of people working on them. Some of those people would be people who would, who would see local radio as a step to uh, career broadcasting. Um, some of them would, uh, some, some, some of those who work there, it, it would be their passion. Um, and, they, and they don't want to give up their day job. So it's a good opportunity to learn how to use kits, to learn how to use jargon, to learn how to put stories together. So certainly, um, um, as a, uh, if, if you're looking to, um, to progress in the career, um, getting into um, local radio is, 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 is a great start. Like I, looking at the, um, there's a local radio station in Athlone, and they get regularly, they get grants from the Broadcast Authority of Ireland, which goes to show you that, that uh, how seriously they're taken and how professional their attitude is. So, so that's the, so that's the next stage, I'd say. So get your experience. Um, so get your qualification in something that's useful to you. The next stage, I would say, get your um, experience, perhaps in a, a, in a local radio station. And, and then the next thing is you need to start thinking of, um, of uh, actually making that pitch to a broadcaster.
I'm slightly wary of advising people to go to uh, local radio stations because I think what ends up sometimes happening is they end up being treated as free labor. I'm wondering, have you any thoughts on ways around that? I suppose one way possibly is there's a community station to uh, approach them first off, since they're built in a voluntary ethos, so it's not quite the same thing as offering yourself for free to a commercial broadcaster. Another possibility maybe is uh, working on uh, podcasting on your own. Have you any thoughts on that? Or No, no well, I, I, actually what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that the local community radio stations, I probably should be my career work be clear that uh, they're very useful because they're, they're community-based, they're all volunteers. Um, I think no matter where you go, you probably start, will start at the bottom. Um, you'll probably be making tea for people initially, and that, but that's part of the process before you get step up and, and run with stories, th- things like that. Um, though, I, th- I will, though I will say um, if you're Going to go down the line of being a broadcaster, you need to get on top of your kit. That's that is this is very this is something that I'd say is, is very, very important. Um like like for example, for example, I know a broadcaster in RT, and what he does is he can he will he can go down the, the countryside on, on the train, he can do an interview, he's got a zoom recorder, he can um uh, sit back on the train on the way back, he can edit on his laptop. I think he uses Pro Tools on his laptop. Um and then he could have a, a five-minute piece ready for drive time when he gets off that train. So, so, so for for radio, um, it's, it's you can invest in your own kit, and uh, and that's why I'm saying is that local community radio is, is an opportunity for you to maybe to practice using kit and getting your stories out there. Um, another th- th- now for, for people who want to skip ahead and want television. I think an excellent person um, to look up would be someone like Philip Bromwell. Now, Philip Bromwell is he's he's uh, he's um, he, he works in RT. He's a digital journalist, um, and he he packs when he goes. Uh, he's 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 a great fan of um, of using available kits that you have, and he's very he's a great fan of using um, available technology. He packs what he calls, he calls it his mojo kit, which is a, a mobile journalism kit. Um, so essentially what that means is he can go out on a job and he could use his, he uses a Manfrotto lens, uh, sorry, Manfrotto tripod. I think he uses a, a, a Sennhauser, a wireless kit, a wireless mic um, and headphones. And his camera is his iPhone. And he is, uh, you know, and if you think about it, Archie, like most broadcasters, they, they broadcast in high definition HD, but the iPhone phone um, records in 4K, so it's actually um, it, it is, is, is broadcast standard. So he can use that kit to create stories. So I would suggest to people that there are a lot of different pathways to get into to broadcasting. Um, I said experience, you can... Uh, Get of qualifications give you it's one thing. Get some experience is another. In it could be a broadcaster. It could be podcasting, as you asked me earlier. Um, it could be just using the kit before you make that um, approach to to a broadcast like uh, news talk or RT. Say I'm at the stage where I have an idea for. I don't know, a drama or a comedy series or or maybe even just a, a documentary, either a one-off or, or a series. 
the essential thing here is I've, I've got an idea I think would be worth pursuing. Are there particular times of year where there are formal submission processes to RTE or I assume I don't just uh, knock on the door and cold call someone. What would be the process to start for me? Well, obviously, I don't um, work for RTE and I don't actually speak for RTE, but the, the one port of call would be the Independent Production Unit, the IPU, which is on their website. And, and the IPU would have the latest details on rounds, television rounds and also radio rounds. Uh, so, 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 so that's one port of call where you can find out about... Um, what they're looking for. So, so regularly what they would say was, is that we're looking for this type of documentary, we're looking for this type of drama, and they'll give, give closing dates. And some of those um, calls would have closing dates. Some of those calls would not. Some of them would be rolling um, uh, commissions. Now, also on top of that, uh, uh, some, of those, uh, some of those would be tied in uh, with the BAI. The Broadcast Authority of Ireland. Now, I think most probably journalists are familiar with the BAI. The BAI is an entity that uh, funds um, program makers. Now, the BAI they they tend to put uh, funding towards um, towards programs which are non-commercial. So, if you had a, a a fantastic idea for a game show, the BAI probably wouldn't go near it. Um, because that would be probably seen as commercial. But just say you had an idea for a documentary on someone obscure, someone or uh, or something that was important or very interesting, but wouldn't actually get a huge audience, then that would be perfect for the BAI. Now, the BAI have their own particular rounds um, uh, several times a year, and you go to the BAI website to find out what those rounds are. Now, you, you're almost like juggling plates here when you're making any kind of proposal to a, a broadcaster because um, a broadcaster will want certain submissions, um, but they also like the idea of having, uh, in many cases, having a BAI proposal uh, along with that because it, it partially funds the, uh, the broadcast. The, what the BAI wants also is they would like a letter from a broadcaster saying that if they funded it, it would be broadcast. So it's it's so it's trying to get that balance right between uh, finding something interesting and um, that the BA would fund and finding something that the broadcaster would like uh, and to, to be broadcast that they seek funding. So it's a it's a it's a it's it's about balancing spinning plates. I think I should actually say, of course, uh, the BAI uh, helps to support the freelance forum. Um, and uh, in the archives of our podcast about uh, six months ago, last February, I believe it was, we had an interview with someone from BAA talking about the sound division. Presumably, we're going to see, I think, some changes in the next year or two in how that scheme operates, uh, simply because there's a new media bill coming along. And quite possibly, that'll lead to some reorganization of the BAI. Um, I suppose that actually brings me to something else I wanted to talk to you about, which is in the 20-odd years or since you wrote uh, Writer's Guide, I mean, there's been a fair amount of changes. Uh, TG Car and TG, uh, TV3 were around at that stage. But, I mean, since then we've seen, for example, uh, satellite TV has become much more prevalent. Uh, we've got online streaming TV, which 
didn't even exist, I think. Could you talk a bit more about um, independent commercial stations, even stations that aren't based in Ireland or stations that are based abroad but work in Ireland, which we're seeing more of as well? I think the the fact is that in Ireland, there's a huge amount of people who have got a great interest in the media. There's there's a huge amount of talent in in this country. Um, But often the bottom line comes to, I'm afraid, money. Can you afford to do it? Um, And uh, it's it's all very well having a great idea, but can you execute it on a budget? And it, and at the end of the day, for so many stations, it comes down to affordability. Um, you, uh, it, it is, is, is to, to, to get things broadcast uh, on, on television, it, 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 it takes a massive amount of money. We're talking about maybe 700,000 per half hour um, in some cases. So it's, it's a massive amount of money. Now, the technology is becoming cheaper. Um, so, so as I think referred to Philip Bromwell earlier, where his cameras, he can record stuff on his iPhone. And the iPhone is not cheap, but it's certainly cheaper than a, a, a hugely expensive uh, big Panasonic you, you put on your, on your shoulder. Um, now, obviously, those big pannies are fantastic. They're, they're great, uh, and they do so much more than uh, an iPhone. But the iPhone is probably... Um, has its advantages that it's 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 useful for being very discreet um, and for intimate settings. So so there's so there are bonuses to both, but certainly um, finance f- finances uh, are, are hugely important. I think as an independent producer, one of the things I spend most of the time looking at is how can I make this cheaper when I'm looking at something. Um, how can I uh, make this well but make it uh, on on a budget. So it is, it's, it is getting cheaper to make things, but at the end of the day, there's a cost implication. So um, you, you're, just, you're, just, you're always minding the pennies, and that's, what, that's, and that's what you have to do. Um, um, when, you're certain, when you're submitting any kind of proposal to any broadcaster, you're including a budget with that. Um, so ideally, when you're putting together a proposal, you're looking for something that is, first has a good idea, that makes that as that would have interest a broadcaster that would that would in turn bring in an audience but you're looking at something that would maybe lend itself to sponsorship so it's and that's and that's that's you just have to be commercial uh, and be be aware that 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 uh, if a broadcaster has 10 submissions and they have to, um, and they see that two or three of those have money attached then then they might be inclined to be to give them preference, well, not not all the time, but it just saying that it it helps their case. So, uh, so, so as in my experience in the last couple of years, is that technology is great, made things cheaper, but it's still not cheap. I suppose one thing I could say is that radio is in, in general is cheaper than TV. It's much less expensive to have a spaceship land on the front lawn outside that house on radio. <laughs> it is, it is, it is, and. Um, uh, it, it is, and uh, and so for many people who want to break into broadcasting, often radio is the, is the is the way to step up, step up because it takes less kit. It takes uh, it it's it's more about the idea in, in in radio. It's it's as opposed to the proposal. Um, and one of the things I would say to people is that if you want to make an approach to any organisation, the, the, the fact is that uh, you might want to look at particular shows and you want to submit to that particular show. And each show, will the producer is named at the end of the show. So you can make an approach to them. But if you do 
I think you need to know what you're doing. You need to be prepared. You need to approach them with courtesy. Um, you need to have an idea that's that's formed, that's fully formed. Um, and you have, can't be that obvious. Like, I'll just give you an example. Um, if you, you, you think, okay, right, Halloween is coming up. Um, why don't I submit an idea to uh, a, a drive time show? I'll do a five minute piece for the local fire officer on the dangers of uh, letting pets out on Halloween night. So you think that's a great idea. Um, that's a, that is a good idea. But the, the reality is that's already scheduled. The, most broadcasters will have that in their diary. They know they know Halloween's coming up themselves, and what they will they, they will already have um, pre-booked um, a session with the local fire officer. So so sending that kind of idea in is is you're, you're probably wasting your time because it's 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 covered. Um, if you also have a great idea about something, let's just say you hear that oh I know Bob Dylan is. Uh, Launchy show in New York, and it's a show, and it's only going to be about Irish music. And you think that would be a great interview to get. Um, you, you want to apply and you want to go to New York um, to interview Bob Dylan. That's not going to happen either, because uh, the, the journalists and the established agents, uh, uh, the established agencies here, will go themselves it's it would like that, that the reality is is, is this, that that uh, those high profile gigs will be um, taken up by high profile presenters so it's, it's not something that you can you can get themselves yourselves so i think what you need to do is you need to come at it at a different angle i think you need to actually you know you need to find your ray o'hara that's what i need to do um a, 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 a couple of years ago um there's a journalist, uh, what was it? Uh, Ken Sweeney. Um, he uh, found this cab driver called Ray O'Hara. Um, uh, Ray O'Hara, who lives in Moat. And um, what Ray O'Hara did was he was the cab driver who became the driver for Michael Jackson when he was in Ireland. So he drove Michael Jackson around the place. And uh, he, uh, Ray O'Hara brought the, the, uh, Mike Jackson to see his family, he brought him to Athlone, he brought him to the shops, he brought him around the place, he brought him to the bowling alley. So, um, so, so uh, as I don't know the journalist Ken Sweeney, but um, he, he found this Ray O'Hara, did an interview with him, and it turned into a, a documentary on one, a doc on one. And, it was, and it's, it's just marvellous radio. It's, 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 it's finding someone that, um, it's, so it's not, uh, so he somehow found that local person with a great story to tell. So I think if you're, as, uh, and I think that's, the, the, that would be a, the, the, something that, if you could find that in your locality, um, a story that could have a national interest, that you, uh, then that would be just, uh, that would be the, the golden ticket that could get you um, a slot on one, one, one of the shows. So, um, and, and you'd be surprised what happened you'd be surprised if you look at if you do an inventory of who you know and what you know um, you probably will find that you know something that that's very interesting that person is very interesting they have a good story to tell um, and, but if you can link it into a, a national picture like if you know somebody who's um, who's who's got an interesting story to tell but there's a particular national anniversary coming up that could tie link into that because one of the things what broadcasters like to do, they like to be current. They like to be up to date. They, if they, they could be talking about something that happened 100 years ago, but they'll be talking about it on that anniversary. 
But if you have something that can link in with that, that would be that would be a lovely thing to have. So so I would I would I would say is find your Ray O'Hara locally, um, get get that person, do an interview with them, and then make an approach to uh, to an organisation saying, well, in six months' time is the anniversary of so and so. This chap is uh, very good, um, and uh, here's here's a five minute piece I did for it. So so it's 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 just uh, what I'm saying is don't be obvious, and find that little uh, nugget locally, and then. Uh, and then approach your broadcast with it. And that could be a step uh, up into broadcasting. I assume that another path in would be approaching, say, independent production companies uh, and offering skills as a writer, as a scriptwriter, and so on. Have you, have you any thoughts on that? Yes, yes, indeed. I, th- I think you have to be aware of what, uh, what you're, the medium you're writing for. There's a couple of things you need to be aware of, is that uh, things are expensive particularly on television so um you, you you mentioned there about earlier about i think a spaceship um you could it's easy to write and uh you could write a carriage goes in and, and lands and a spaceship lands and it takes off having to to create that with cgi or sets as expensive so as a, as a writer if you if you you, you, you can do it but it's like you just doing radio so, 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 so I think you have to be very careful of uh, um, scripts which are um, going to be expensive to produce. Like costume drama is notoriously difficult to, uh, to 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 make. Not because it's people can't make it; it's because it's very expensive. Because you're talking about period costumes, you're talking about period furniture, you're talking about uh, vehicles, and 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 the rest of it, in particular costuming and particular makeup as well. So, if you try to period drama, uh, it can be done, but it's it's very, very expensive. So um, while the same story on radio isn't, it's 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot cheaper. So you have to know your market, and you have to know that that uh, that um, television and film is a lot more expensive. So you you have to cut your cloth to suit your finances, <laughs> basically. <laughs> okay, just wrapping up. Are there any other final thoughts you have? Do you have like a, a website or anything you want people to link through for further information, or if they want to get in touch, or any other final thoughts? Well, well, um, oh, okay. Well, I, w- I will be having a website soon because I actually have a novel coming out next year. So, any watch the space. I won't give anything away just yet. So, uh, so that's 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 a big thing that's happening for me personally. And uh, so that's, that's that's one thing. But so, what's this space? Um, I I will say that um, for people who want to bring into broadcasting, that you, sh- you you go for it. But one of the things, and I've I've talked to various people uh, in who are established broadcasters. What what annoys them? What what annoys them is that um, is when they get an approach by somebody who clearly doesn't know the show that they're approaching. That's uh, that they don't know the producer's name, uh, or they get the spelling wrong. Um, that does not um, all go well for for someone who's making a submission. If you can't even get the, the, the name right, how confident will the producer be that you know how to put together a show that will be accurate and, uh, and 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 legally sound? So 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 that's um, very important. You also have to be aware that 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 you you can't be dismissive of, of, of a broadcaster. Like the, the fact is that these broadcasters, they, they spend a lot of time working on these particular shows. They can put their heart and soul into it. You don't, you don't dismiss the program that they're working on. You don't say, um, I'm wor- I'd, like to pro- I'd like to work on a show for you uh, because I want to work on something else. 
so 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 I think that uh, um, it's very important that you might uh, you know it's a it's a cliche you only get one chance of a first impression make that right first impression um, be courteous um, get your pitch original make it uh, uh, make it relevant uh, and make it something that 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 would interest an audience um, and 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 that's and if you can get all of that right then uh, then. A producer will be very, very well receptive to 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 hearing what you have to say. Okay, Martin Devaney, thanks for joining me. This has been the Freelance Forum podcast. The forum is brought to you by the Dublin branch of the National Union of Journalists and made possible by network funding from the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland Sectoral Learning and Development Program. Music from podsummit.com is released under a Creative Commons Zero license into the public domain. I'm Jared Cunningham. Thanks for listening. Take care and stay safe. Mm-hmm.